Hello, welcome back. In this episode of Mining Diamonds, we talk to the co-founders of Earn Your Leisure podcast about their unique approach to infusing hip-hop culture into financial education. Rashad Bilal and Troy Millings launched Earn Your Leisure in 2019 as a way to share financial backstories of entrepreneurs, athletes, and entertainers. EYL, an affectionate acronym, is a college business class mixed with pop culture blended together to form a unique and exciting look into the world of business. And in just three years, Earn Your Leisure has grown into a respected global financial literacy platform. We put a lot of time and effort into what we create. And, you know, some people look at it like it's a podcast, but I look at it like a historical document. I'm saying like this is documents that's going to be looked at 20 years, 30 years from now. And it's going to be like this is a moment in history where somebody taught somebody how to how to decode stocks, how to look at crypto. So it's much more than just talking about, you know, stuff on a podcast It's actually a form of education. In this episode, Rashad and Troy discuss the value of being authentic as you grow your brand and your community. They also talk about the importance of being nimble so that your business can quickly respond to ever-changing economic and cultural trends. With over 750,000 YouTube subscribers and 1 million followers on Instagram, Rashad and Troy speak regularly to a large audience and their community is only getting bigger. They've already sold out the Apollo Theater in Harlem and had a line around the block for their event at Art Basel. With all that swagger that black excellence affords and the acumen to cement EYL at the top of all business-related podcasts, there's no doubt that Troy and Rashad are emerging stars and the ones to watch and to listen to. This is Mining Diamonds. We on? We on. We ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. to Mining Diamonds, a uh, show where we get all of your business because we are all about business. Um, I got these two here with me today. You got any, you got any key in the building. And Beef Jones, you know, great, happy to be here. My co-host, um, mm-hmm. you want to introduce you want to no, 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 I am going to introduce Beef is high today. Beef is high today. It's usually this. Chia. Yeah. We, we have, yes. yo. Right, like we. Geeks, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm geeks, like, man. Like, I'm like, like, bro. This is great to me, yo. Tupac back. No. Because <laughs> he, he feel like he's getting a personal masterclass today. Nah, I just, I just like this. I've been, I've been waiting to do this for a minute, so I'm, I'm happy to have Rashad and Troy here from the amazing company Earn Your Leisure, a brand, mm-hmm. a massive brand in the making. A platform. And we're going to talk about it all today because I, I got asked so many questions. Let's do it. So <laughs> many questions. <laughs> Yes. You know, but they're all good questions because you guys have done uh, the groundwork and we, you, you, we watched you build this brand in public. So it's nothing but commendable and admirable, like to see that you guys do this. And it's, it's important for the audience to see it as well because then they could be see like two people that come from the same background as them look like just look like to be able to take this from zero to a thousand. Especially recent when you talk about your new deal, which we, I hope we can break down, is that UTA deal. When I heard that, I was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, go. God damn it. They scaling. They, 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 I was like, ooh. Uh, yeah, man. Nah, but, thank uh, you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, Glad I, to be here. I just want to know, like, you know, uh, just to kick it off, like, you know, just, just tell the audience more about you. I'm pretty sure everybody knows, but if the people that don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Earn Your Leisure, you know, I guess it started as a podcast and now it's kind of grown into a whole financial community. We got a podcast network. We got a, a online university. We do events. So it's really it's it really encompasses everything when it comes to business and investing. And, um, you know, we, we talk about stocks, we talk about crypto, we talk about real estate, we talk about financial planning, we talk about entrepreneurship. So, you know, our thing was really just to speak about financial literacy in a way that it was never done before as far as, you know, being true to who we are, you know, our culture. So, you know, the way we dress, the way we talk, everything is just real authentic. And for a long time, there wasn't an outlet like that. Like there's always been business outlets, you Mm -hmm. know, but there wasn't business outlets that actually fused hip hop. And, you know, that's something that just came natural for us. So we had an idea to start it and, uh, who knew that, you know, millions of people are actually interested in business and investing and they're interested from hearing it from a perspective, how we give it. And um, it's just kind of been like a tidal wave. Yeah, yeah. we hip hop babies. And so right. you can hear it in, in the things we say. You can hear it in the topics we t- come up with. We like to say, like, you know, we're the mixture between the barbershop and the, and the business, mm. right? Like with a corner in the courtyard together. Mm. And so... When people hear it in that language, it sounds super familiar because they've been listening to hip hop music and R&B most of their lives. And now it's just that this business that's getting entangled in there. We like to put the the medicine inside the candy, so to speak. Like hip hop needs to be its own race, right? <laughs> Explain that. Explain <laughs> that. Let's, let's do that. What you mean? You got the human race, and then you got the hip hop race. Cause it's like, what you saying is like we. But, that's we don't we it's effortless it's part of us yeah that's yeah. the way we articulate itself is how we articulate ourselves because of the race we come from that, and that is the hip hop race you don't yeah. know nothing else that's yeah. a fact I always say like I had to learn business but I didn't have to learn culture because I am culture like mm-hmm. right. that's just something that you just born with like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it's it's like you said it's, it's effortless so yeah it's it's and it's one of these things that is like a, a handshake right. no matter where you go People can identify, like you could be in Mississippi, Oklahoma, you could be overseas. Mm-hmm. If you were really a fan and you really grew up in the culture and it's like no. a lot of this stuff is just familiar. It's the, yeah. it's the head it's nod. I, you, you heard yeah. so if you were to see a Martian, you know what a Martian is, right? You know he's not a human, right? You just said the handshake, everywhere you go, we need a, we, we should be our own race. Yeah. And we do it unapologetically. That, 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 at all, right? <laughs> so some people will be like, wait, hey, you guys don't speak in a certain diction. And we're kind of like, well, more people sound like us where we from than sound like you. Yeah. And so those are the people that gravitate toward us because they're like, finally, somebody that sounds like us talking about information that we didn't know about, giving it to us in a way that's digestible. digestible. So when you start talking to people outside the community, the people that don't look like you, when you're trying to go get money, has that been a barrier for you at all? No, 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 no. Because, I mean, I, I, we speak, well enough to have a conversation. Oh, like, you know? articulate black guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. College, you know, switch it up. <laughs> know how to, you got to be able to switch it up whenever yeah. it's needed. You got to have people there be able to un- understand you from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. So, what me and a conversation me and you might have that we all understand so well might not be the same conversation, or might 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 not be the same way you have that conversation with another person for the, them to understand. What we just had a conversation about. Yeah. That's a fact. And it's also fact. about being your authentic self. And I think like, you know, when it comes to business and we're looking at this is totally against the norm of, of business. You know, when you're talking about it, like usually there'll be a guy in a suit with a seminar that'd be sitting there and talking to you very properly mm-hmm. about this. But being your own authentic self is like you said earlier, you reach so many more people the right way, you yeah. know, where the message sticks. 
you know, but, you know, we're all like, you know, traditional business culture puts us, the our culture in a box to be like, you need to come from these institutions. You need to wear these suits. You need to have this on your resume. Yep. You need to have all these different things, these benchmarks in, in that community, which we can't achieve from ours because of the way we're set up. So having you guys is is like like I said, it's just like a business school. Like and it's like going to Wharton without going to Wharton. No, that's a fact. And you know, it's only that's only been for our culture though. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, tech, they've been wearing hoodies. Oh yeah. And oh, they've been dropping out of college. And they've been at their own personal selves. Like you Yeah, know? and nobody no, nobody ever questioned it. You got you got you got an idea, Mark Zuckerberg. You got an idea, Mark Zuckerberg. It sounds good. We don't care. We don't care what you got on. We don't care that you didn't graduate, you dropped out, doesn't matter. But for such a long period of time, black people was held to such a high standard where you have to graduate, you gotta have a master's degree, you gotta wear a suit, you gotta have curly hair. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's funny, my son was in school, right? They changed their dress code and they made all the kids, all the boys had to wear blazers. And every day we would get a call because they're like, Hayes isn't wearing a blazer because he was all about the hoodies. And so he kept saying, like, I don't, they were like, it's for your profession. We want to train you. We're trying to train you for your future profession. And he's like, yeah, but all the people that I want to wear, you know, that I want to be like, they wear hoodies all day. Because yeah. he wants to be a software engineer. He, mm-hmm. at, you know, he, he was trying to be a software engineer. He is. But at the time, he wanted to be a software engineer. It's crazy because them people, tech kids that wear hoodies, they'd be called. Hackers and when we wear a hoodie, we're called a scammer. Exactly, yeah. but that was a, that was a challenge for me as a mom because I'm like, do I tell? It was a, from around the time with Trayvon Martin, and all the parents were like, oh, you know, my kids can't wear hoodies, and I was like, my son's entire closet is hoodies. Yeah. like but every day. You he said was something. Having a you said something very important, right? You said they're trying to train you. Yeah. Right, but they're not telling you like, yo, you could just be an entrepreneur too. And that doesn't fit your tie. Your tie, well, your tie is whatever you decided to be. But that's why we talk to our son every, yeah, day. every day. We would come home like, well, so what happened in school? No, yeah. no, no. So let me show you something else. And he had different models, right? So coming up, we all saw the business people with the suits going down to Wall Street or whatever the case may be. He's looking at it like all the people I see making money are wearing Birkenstock, or not even Birkenstocks, because that's old, old. That's but, like but, web, but there's a point there. Like so, yes, everybody w- who's making money wears what they want to wear. But there are forums and places that everybody tightens up yeah. because they know they're not going to get what they need out of where they're going if they don't tighten up. A lot of these people put on them suits when it's needed. Right. You need to go to them people that have more money than you. You want them to invest in your brand and your company. You're going to go there and play the part. You're going to be smart. That's just what a smart businessman does. You're not going to show up to a businessman in a sweatsuit that you will wear to the club that those singles in. It doesn't, it, it doesn't hold you any focus. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I, think, I think life is about balance. Mm-hmm. So not to say that wearing a suit is bad. Right. You could wear a suit every single day if that's what you want to do. But right. I don't think that you should just be held to this is the only way that Correct. you have to do. And, and like you said, it's, it's about being intelligent. Like, you know, you in certain circumstances, you don't go to a wedding right. with a sweatsuit on. It's just disrespectful, right? Like you're going to wear a suit or, to a wedding. Or a Batman suit. <laughs> Shout out to Jada Shout out to Jada Smith You can right. <laughs> That was a big flex I, I, I was like Yo this Stand and clap ovation For that young man For that right there Don't do that Yeah it's all, I, I, <laughs> Wait, Think about it <laughs> I think it's about You know It's, it's about Being well rounded and, and just having The education And to understand What is appropriate And what's not appropriate You know right. But like you said I mean As a man Every man should know how to tie a tie and put a okay. suit on. 
Mm-hmm. There's no Agreed. way around it. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're the most hood hood of, of all of hood. Like there's certain things that you you should have in your repertoire as a man, so you know you could put it on when you want to, if you need to, if that's how you feel. Like you said, you dig. I know ninety percent of my friends don't know how to talk to. Me. But why? Why? Why don't they? Because they wasn't taught. To. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to you know your mm-hmm. upbringing, right? And mm-hmm. if you don't have a male figure in your house to actually, if he doesn't, if your dad is not around, or if your dad doesn't know how to tie a tie, how can you tie a tie? Exactly. So that goes back to mentorship, understanding, teaching. So mm-hmm. we can't just assume that everybody knows proper. It's like going to a wedding. I had to realize that people give like fifty dollar gift cards stuff like that. You think it's disrespectful, but they don't know. Right. You got to be educated. Like, no, nah, that's not. It's disrespectful. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if you don't know, if you don't know any better, you come with eight people. Experience. You come with eight people and you get fifty dollars. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's one but, of these things. Etiquette. Etiquette, but you know, like I said, it's just about like you know, the, it's it's about the the system that sets the rules in the first place, you mm-hmm. know, because you know, and you guys travel, so you've been to Africa, you see like how their business and they they they're comfortable in their own environment, they have their own business acumen and their own suits to wear, you know, and you know, we get into American society, and we're remember we went through slavery, Reconstruction, Jim Crow, civil rights, and here we are, like post 1970s and we're expected to be a part of this system that never wanted us well you know what because we don't really have a culture we don't have a culture people are going to get mad when I say that but let me understand, let me explain like yeah, when you talk about Africa down. when you go we went to Nigeria and they wearing their garments that's hundreds of years right. mm-hmm. that they have a tradition they get married they have we don't have any cultures like that. Our culture is music Hip-hop. and sports. Yeah. We don't have a wedding culture. Our wedding culture is Europeans. We jump the broom, jump but, the broom, but that's, that's, from, it, that's yeah. from being a slave. Right. Like, we don't have any dressing culture. Our dressing culture is wearing what we want to wear, but it's that, that's 20 years old. That doesn't go back hundreds of years, people's grandparents. Nothing was passed down. We're figuring it out as we go. So it has helped us because we're very creative people, but we don't have the same culture that if you go to Asia, right. if you go to India, if you go to Africa, this is culture that no matter, even if they was taken over by other countries, they still got stuff that they can go back to and say, this is our tradition. Right. Our yeah. tradition is just kind of made up as we go, but it's still based around Europeans. So like the weddings, this is a European wedding. Right. That's why we wear the suits. That's why we walk down the aisle. That's, that's not our culture. That's something that we adapted because we are where we are in America. I, I, I just think that, you know, I've never been one to work with the system, you know? I went to like three colleges, dropped out all of them. You know, I never really saw my name on a paper to apply for anything. I just knew that I had to bring something to the table. In every situation, if I brought something to the table, I'd make it work for me, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm always like an outlier in that sense when I look at things, you know? And I see the struggles of like young men now currently, because currently we're in the epidemic stage. We have a young population out here who really don't really have the guys that they need So when I look at Earn Your Leisure and I look at what Jim's doing and any other like, you know, person that's in the media that are actually actively trying to teach and educate and create, you know, it 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 deserves a special, special look into it. It deserves a special spotlight because when I was when I was young, like if I had Earn Your Leisure, man, I'd be up at least 10, you know. Like seriously, yeah. Because yeah. if I knew where to go, yeah. I mean, yeah. for so long there was there was no place to go, right? And if we looked at success, it was like two different careers. It right. was like either you're gonna be entertainment or you're gonna be an athlete, right? But the kid who's getting straight A's in school, 
nobody's cherishing him. Nobody's guarding him. It's like, like yo, let's make sure that he becomes an uh, entrepreneur in the future. They're just saying, like, yo, good luck. I hope he makes it. Right? We don't. We, we yeah. Hope, hopefully, he gets an academic scholarship. And if he doesn't, like, good luck. But like, we need to hoard around that kid and make sure that because he could be the future, right? Whatever he's going to do in the world of entrepreneurism or in tech or something like that is going to last a lot longer right. than any professional career he has in any sport, right? There's only a limited amount of time in that. And everybody's not going to make it. But if you teach them and they're educated properly, right, they can do something that can last forever and they can pass down for generations going forward. How, how do you guys feel about the responsibility of what you're doing and the impact of future lives? Like, do you ever think about that? Like, you, every piece of content you're putting out there, you're affecting hundreds of thousands and maybe even more lives and how do you bear that responsibility and that shoulder that weight yeah, yeah. I, I think about it every day yeah, yeah something that you know we put a lot of time and effort into what we create and you know some people look at it like it's a podcast but i look at it like a historical document you know what i'm saying like this is documents that's going to be looked at 20 years 30 years from now and it's going to be like this is a moment in history where somebody taught somebody how to how to decode stocks how to look at crypto so it's much more than just talking about you know stuff on a podcast it's actually a form of education like you look at the, the libraries in Egypt things of that nature like these are things that how I look at like what we're doing as far as content creators people always try to minimize what you do and they're like I right, well you're an influencer no you're not an influencer you're a world leader like you know what I mean if you have a million followers there's very few people in the history of the world that has ever had a million followers so if you have a million followers you have a half a million hundred thousand you're a world leader you're yeah, influencing you people all over the world. So you can't just be minimized as an influencer. It's not a podcast. It's financial journalism. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. we're really talking to Mark Cuban and talking to people like, this is, like, not normal from where we started at. So I, I, I look at it at a very serious level, and I understand the importance of it. And um, it's something that we definitely don't take for granted at yeah. all. We know the importance of it because we know the traditional way of people got information. Mm-hmm. They don't do that anymore. Like kids are not watching TV. They're not reading at the same rate. What they are doing is going to social media. And so when they come to these these avenues, we want to sh make sure that we're providing enough information that they can take it, they can apply it. The most important thing is that they take it and they apply it because mm. that's what's really going to change. Like a lot of people take the information, they just hoard it, right? That's what generations did. If yeah. they found out anything, they're going to apply it. If they made anything from it, I right, keep it a secret and y'all figure it out on your own. And we've kind of reversed that. It's like, yo, we, we find information. The first thing we're going to do Make sure we grasp it, go teach it, and let everybody go have it because they're going to come back. It's like if I feed you, right, mm -hmm. information, and it, it's valuable to you, the most likely thing you're going to do is tell somebody else and then come back. And so now once we give enough information, that's why we take it so serious, we know that builds community, mm -hmm. right? Because the community is going to be like, wait, I heard that from here? Oh, look, we got to bring some more people back. And now you just grow a community, and that changes not just where you're at, but it changes the world, really. So when you guys started on your leisure, you started with high school students or middle school students? Uh, so it, it started, um, had this program, uh, the summer program, it was an internship program. So I would interview like kids that were like 14 years old because okay. they had aged out of camp, but they mm -hmm. were too young to get a job. Okay. And so that's like that, that age is like, yeah, like what could they do? Right. And so we, I would interview them and see what they want to do in the future, their future aspirations. And um, I would go out in the community and see if they could intern there. Mm -hmm. And so that was twice a week So they got real work experience And then twice a week They was in the classroom And I said alright While I was teaching I said look I feel like What they're learning in school Is 
like not gonna be beneficial in the future. If I got the six weeks, let me treat it like the 10 months that I wanted to really have. And so I started coming up with topics. First thing I did was like financial literacy. We gotta have it. We're gonna pay these kids at the end. I wanna have financial literacy a part of it. He was starting his financial advising career. I'm like, I need you to come teach it. This is gonna be perfect. We're mm -hmm. paying kids. This is gonna be their first time encountering with it. And it was like, oh, we got something. He came up with the vision like, wait, we should be recording this because like, again, let's document this. Right. Nobody's doing this. Um, and from there, it just... In your experience, what would you say is like the sweet spot? Like when do, you, when do we got to catch them? You got to catch them as early as possible, but definitely around the but age... But for them to get it, you know what I mean? For it to really make an impact. Yeah, I, think, I think around the age of 12, people can really start to understand things. Because if you look at it, like I know for me, that's when I really started to like really, really like get fascinated with rap. And back then, rap was a lot more complicated than it is now. So, like, I was listening to, like, AZ and Nas and Jay. And looking back on it now, it's very complex stuff that they was talking about, but I was 12 years old, but I understood it. So I felt like if a 12-year-old can understand rap, they can understand finance. Mm. So, yeah. and that's around the age where we start making decisions. Like, you know, you start to like girls, you start to buy stuff, you start to ask your parents for stuff. So you're starting to make financial decisions that Learning can last you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So I feel like around that time is a, is a good time to teach it. But definitely junior high school and high school. Like high school <laughs> is imperative that they learn about money because yeah. at that point, most of the stuff that you do in high school is going to carry with you for the rest of your life. Like, you know, and this is something that's why high school is so important because it's like, you know, we pick up a lot of bad habits in high school and whether it's eating, whether it's smoking, whatever, like yeah. most of the time you pick up most of the, your vices in high school and those vices are with you forever. forever. Yeah. yeah. What was, what was yeah. some of the like analogies that you used in your classes that you felt really resonated with the kids? Oh, in the class, the first lesson I ever yeah. wrote was um, I used Jay-Z's line, um, all black sky to sports and entertainment until we even. And um, that line just stuck with me because I was sitting there. It was 2011, and he wrote that in 1996. And I'm like, damn. I started thinking about who we think of as success. I was like, damn. I, all right, Jay, Floyd, Puff, Beyonce, Oprah. And they all had the common theme. It was all entertainment. Those all sports. entertainment class. Jordan, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, let me just look at the wealthiest black people on the planet. And surprisingly, none of those people were up on that top ten. And I was like, oh, this is a teaching moment right here. And so that lesson spawned everything. It was like, all right, we got something here. I'm going to use the music to create financial literacy lessons around it. And so I showed them the t 10 wealthiest people on the planet, black people on the planet, and they were blown away. They've never heard of these names, right? I think four of them came from Nigeria, one was South Africa. And I was like, wait, Africa? Wait, what? Now we're going into a deeper lesson. All from that line that Jay said. Even in America, though. Yeah, even in America, exactly. The two richest black people in America. It's a lot, yeah. But not well. Yeah, at that time, it wasn't. Yeah. At that time, yeah, it wasn't. It was, at that time, it was Bob Johnson and, and uh, Robert Dave, Robert it was Smith, Dave Stewart, Dave Stewart, and Robert Smith. Robert, Robert Smith. Smith. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Those and, are the two. And they went. They know who that was either. People know who Robert Smith is now. Your whole thing up now because Kanye made the list, so he kind of shattered your whole. Uh, <laughs> that was 2011. Though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like if, I, if I did it now, Kanye would definitely be in the top ten. Shout out to Yeezy. And right for so, but like even but for even, men, there's but a lesson that's, in there. But, but that's but, his business move, exactly. right? Yeah, that's yeah. not necessarily even, from not his music. Exactly. Exactly. Like exactly. even, even like Jay, him. Kanye, they, they're billionaires, but 90% of their wealth is through business. Mm -hmm. yeah. It wasn't created through music. So yeah. that's music. like leveraging. The music is 90% business and 10% talent. That's what they tell you from the beginning. The whole music game is 
ninety percent business, ten percent. I mean, when we first start, so rich. when you first start, they if always you tell you that the music business is business. So let me ask you this: going to be filthy rich. Let me ask you this then: We see a bunch of artists recently, but forever, who talking about they not getting paid. They've never gotten paid. They talented. They got a lot of talent. But they, they was st- more worried about their talent than they was about their business. But is Some that people but th- depend on their talent to bring them money when it should be depend on their talent to work on their business? But how many of your colleagues is thinking business as opposed to talent? Shit, none of them. When not when you get signed, it's more about excitement and hype. You exactly. don't think about the business. But well, or if you do have a strategy, it's like let me blow up first. Let me that's usually figure it out. Right. Let me figure I feel it like out a lot later. Of people say but there's I a few. A a, there's a few people yeah, yeah. that understand. What money is because they were hustlers before they got to the music. So if you hustle to make money, then you had a sense of business. And when you got to the music, you knew that this music was just more business for you to handle. It's not about the music. It's about the business. And people like Jay kind of understood. There's a few people that hustled that kind of understood. Let me get to the business of it so that I could benefit. I didn't understand that. I, I was just running well. I didn't understand that till past six, seven years and shit like that. The business side of it? Yeah. But I feel like you probably had an advantage. You had an advantage. You know why? Because you came in the ga- you didn't come in the game as a musician. Yeah, I'm always a hustler. Yeah, I really, really didn't understand the business of it. You heard? I was more worried about the hustle of it until I turned my hustle into a business. Is when I really started to see things change for me. Who educated you? When I separated from my accountant, and I mm. ch- chose to take on all my affairs myself because I. W- when you have an account and you lose the consumption of money, like you just like you just like, oh, buy that, buy that spending, you think that them bills is gonna get paid every month until your account call you like you <laughs> You're gonna need to throw some in. So I kinda had lost the concept of money. I just was just spending without knowing what was there. Until I made that separation and really took care of my own affairs to really see the money I was making, the feel of money I was making and know when not to spend money, know when to spend money, make sure the bills are paid. Every like this is when I really started to figure out business for me and started to work in, in, in that but and that was the best thing that I could have did so the, the handful of people that you said I feel like music has been the, the carrot that has leveraged them to it's, create other businesses alright yeah. so it's 90% right. business right. 10% talent but you need that 10% talent to that. get the 90% business right. Right, right. it's one big circle because I'm like all those guys have something in common right they've branched off even though, whether it was in the spirits industry with with Puff with Ciroc but without the music none of that right they well, all be that's, 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 that's the root that's the root the key component to it is audience Right. You know, yeah. you have to create an audience, and then create the, the demand will be created from the audience. Like, right. you know, that's so. the first thing. One of the first things Jay told me when we did the whole Rock Nation, I went for the management. He was like, "Bro, I was telling him all the businesses I had going. He like, well, all that's fly. You put one hit on top of that, all that shit gonna go out the sky. The music is everything. Same thing Diddy told me. Boy, everything starts with the music, and all everything else is gonna come." Like you wouldn't believe, and so I had to kind of get back into that formula. But without the music for us, the business is not gonna move like you want it to. Unless you're a millionaire. So, no, unless you're a millionaire. He had the music though. He had yeah, it. He had, yeah, yeah. He had All music. you need is one, and if you're smart enough, that one's gonna take chameleon. It's all. Beast. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of how he's beast. a monster. Straight beast. He's yeah. a. He's a. He's a. Yes. Glutton for this shit, like boy. <laughs> well, aren't we seeing that now with Rihanna? 
like people want the music and she's like no i got a i got a billy ticket here yeah but wait i want to go you back because i feel like this is happening with y'all right so y'all had your brand right you started off with yeah, and you, your leisure you got your music yeah, and now you got well, you know, but now no. they're rocking assets over liabilities, which is another brand. Another right? hit record. Right? <laughs> and then you have, like, I saw, like, now y'all are angel investors, right? Yeah, y'all are yeah. investing. So I feel like that one hit, your first hit, was allowing you to well, now. I, yeah, I just told him, yes, I told him yesterday, like, we can never lose sight of Earn Your Leisure podcast is what propelled us to where we are now. So, so now we can we can never lose yeah, exactly. We can never lose sight of that because that's what people now all the other stuff we do is great, but it, it still comes back to that. And that allowed us to grow an audience. Right. And then once you have an audience, right. you can sell merch, you can do anything. Yeah, I just want to double down on the audience part because I, f- I feel like that's the common denominator in this. It's like when you're a content creator, you know, there's a report that came out this year that the the Content well, the creator economy is going to eclipse 110 billion dollars. To really scale a business, it's really about leveraging the audience. You guys have done a great job of that. So, in that respect, just like Jim said, you you like how the music model. You had your hit record. You know, I'm saying you be able to step out there, have your podcast. But like I said, the creator economy is going to eclipse 110 billion dollars. I think this year, Mm -hmm. you know, which you know, you see people like you're seeing a whole new generation of kids going. Well, I don't want to work at McDonald's. Yeah. I got TikTok. Yeah. I got YouTube. <laughs> right. I got Twitch. Yeah, that's a fact. We're making millions of dollars that's becoming right. an influencer or a gamer, you know? So it's changing the whole shape of the economy, you know? And I, I just, you know, as far as me, is like when you create these brands, like you guys have created these brands, and you look at the long term of it, do you ever think about like when I'm scaling this company, you know? It's like, are you taking into account the change of the of, of what the audience is going to be, what their habits, their buying and spending? Because, you know, now a lot of things with streaming, you know, the traditional mom and pop stores or brick and mortar businesses are changing. They're going extinct, you know. But how do you, like, expand on what you're currently doing and understanding that this new business model or this sort of new economy is being created right now? I think you always got to be nimble. You can never get comfortable. And like for me, like, you know, I probably spend the majority of my of my life on on social media. Like learning. I'm learning. Like I'm I'm looking at TikTok. I'm looking at the newest trends, the newest algorithms on Instagram because, you know, it really changed our life. Social media changed our life. But it's always evolving. So you go you could easily become blockbuster. Oh, here you go. That's that's uh oh. Once a hustler, always a hustler. <laughs> old habits he's still, die hard. He's still, he's still walking with cash. 20s, the old 20s. The old 20s. <laughs> no, those are big face 20s. Don't lie. I've right? never seen money until the big face 20s. I got, I got, I got blue faces, though. You I know, saw the I just blue faces. You know, it's a business. We don't got to. We ain't saying a rap video. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got, five, get I, got, I got $500, right? Yeah. And I'm a kid that doesn't have too much in the projects. Yeah. But I just got an extra $500 and I don't want to spend it on Jordans and I want to see if I could make this money work for myself. How we, what am I doing with this $500? You want me to, oh, you want some businesses you can do with the 500? <laughs> I want something. All right, perfect. All right, so, I mean, we actually just did this. That $500 can get you a vending machine. All right. Now, the vending machine, it works in a couple of ways. Number one, you got to find a location. So go to a place, a community center, your own school, which, which is prime. Go to your own school, put it in there, right? You put the snacks in there. Obviously, you buy them wholesale. And kids know how to do that. They buy them all the time wholesale, right? Wholesale meaning you're not going to pay 
the premium dollar for it, right? So the fifty cent bag of chips, you get them for twenty five cent. Real hustle mentality, right? Costco, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go to Costco, Sam's get a wholesale Sam's mm-hmm. Club. You put the merchandise inside, the chips inside. You put a markup on it. The fifty, this twenty five cent bag of chips, convenience fee. Right now, it's going to be a dollar when you get inside the machine, right? Every day you check that machine. Every day you can take the profits from it, right, and re up and go get more merchandise. People don't think that that's a viable business, but somebody who's fifteen who's starting out. At one thousand percent can net you like five hundred to eight hundred dollars a day just off one machine. How, now, how long if, is it going to take until you see a profit off of that? Well, it depends on the location, right? So if you go to a school and you put it inside of a near the, the gym at a school, how many kids visit the gym? Laundry mats, gyms, yeah. Community so, center, so we're looking for heavy shops, traffic area, right? heavy traffic area. Like every kid in a high school, middle school, they have to go to gym. It's mandatory. I used, All I right, so, you, you, so am I be, am I going to be able to get just a vending machine with this? Or am I going you to be able to have some money? All right, so am I going to be have have some money left over to get the chips and stuff, or am I have to I'm gonna have to just get the vending machine and then come back and get? So here's what you do: if you think that that's not enough, you're gonna find your partner who at least got maybe two hundred, three hundred. He's gonna be your partner now. Now you got money for the chips and you got enough money for the machine. Now y'all going into it and y'all gonna split it the, the bread every month, right? But here's what you do: you don't spend any of the money that you make. Now you got to figure out how to get number two, right? The first machine buys the second one, and then the second one buys the third. And now you got a whole business of machines in your neighborhood. Nobody ever knows who's collecting the money. We had a vending machine in our community center for 30 years. I just see a guy coming to collect. I have no idea who he is. You know, I never seen. The crazy thing, because we, we, we got vending machines now, and we did an episode on vending machines. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. You know what's so crazy about vending machines? I've seen vending machines my whole entire life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, I never thought about who owns the vending machine. Right. Never even crossed my mind. Never thought about it. And I've never seen anybody take money out of a vending machine. Reason being, they come at very odd hours. Because like you don't even think about it. You just put money in, you get a bag of chips. It's like seeing a truck on the road. We got a truck. I've seen 18 wheelers my whole life. I never thought about what was in who, it. Or who, <laughs> who owns, owns it. Right. Yeah. I never thought about who owns the 18 wheeler. Just see it driving by. Until we actually was educated on it, and we realized this people actually making money from this shitloads. But you work with teenagers. Do teenagers have millions. that sort of delayed gratification mindset? Because I feel like teenagers. It's, it's growing. It's growing. I um, think. I think it's changed. Like you said, yeah. it's changing it's the mindset. Like rap music. The way you teaching the kids, like I, right. like you, this. You know any Martin <laughs> Luther King speeches? A few. I have a dream. <laughs> Say it right now. The whole speech? The whole speech? I'm, yeah. Oh, now I don't know the whole nah, speech. Nah, 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 not verbatim. All right. You know some Jay-Z records. <laughs> 1,000%. you say a whole Jay-Z record 1,000%. Right okay, then. So the way you're teaching the kids has to embody the same reason they remember all these records. Yeah. You heard? That's what the teacher told me that a long time ago. Boy, how many rap records you know right now? Like, I ain't got to tell you to remember that shit, right? That shit just like, he said, you got to figure out how to do the music. Like, you got to figure out how to do the, 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 the schoolwork like yeah. that. You got to make it easy for you so you can understand so that, it. And it stays with you forever because your mind is a computer. It remembers vividly what it wants to remember from when you was, as as long as you could, four or five, you still mm-hmm. remember, sh- you dig? Yeah. So it's the same thing with the way you're teaching this financial literacy. You're giving it to people in a way that they want it, they love it, and that shit is going to stick with them Forever, yeah, you're gonna be able to regurgitate that shit at anywhere they at. Yeah, and, and and when they start the business, now the kid who's sitting next to him in class is like, "Wait, he did that? I could do that." So it goes back to like what you were saying when when the the principal at your son's school is like, "We're trying to train you," like, "Nah, we got the kid who ha- has a business right here now." The problem is that 
they kind of deter you from doing that, right? Like the kid who sold snacks at school gets suspended. For I was me. Right? Me and Zeke yeah. sold snacks and made sneaker money every week off of mm-hmm. Hydrox uh, cookies that my uncle used to bring because <laughs> he worked for the Red Cross. He used to bring a box of Hydrox cookies. I busted down with Zeke every Monday when we make like three, $400 off them cookies and shit like that and we go buy drawings and Adidas and all types of shit. Wh- and when the they, school finds out what they happened. They shut it down. My daughter was Pissed. trying to sell Done. slime. Make her own slime and sell it. And nope. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. And so it like yeah, it teaches you like oh, it kind of has it that cuts negative your entrepreneurial yeah. spirit like dead, right off there. at the knees. Like you know, I was selling Bart Simpson like you're a criminal, but they like, give you these chocolates to sell for the school, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, I'm, I just feel That's like maybe the, maybe fact. the people that you are coming across are really driven, but like the teenagers that I know, like they're not waiting six months. Getting cash over cash over cash and then putting it back into the business, like maybe a little older, but I, f- it, 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 I'm it, just, I feel like I feel like um, there's a shift happening with financial literacy, and so many people are interested in cryptocurrency stocks, not just people in their twenties, teenagers too, because they're starting to understand it, they're starting to see that it's working, they're starting to see that you can actually mm-hmm. make money. So it goes back to being educated, and of course. Not just teenagers, adults don't have patience. Adults want money right now. Right now. If they don't flip their money by tomorrow. That's why Doge, this is why all of these get rich quick things are always going to be popular. Because it's human nature to say, how can I make as much money in a short period of time doing as little work as possible? That's human nature. But it always is like the complete opposite, though. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, because I, I remember when Clubhouse, when it got like over, we got too crazy, all you would see is just these get rich schemes and people just talking about, oh, I can get you this, or, you know, this is buying NFTs, join this. I'm like, but you could do the research yourself. You don't need to have this guy tell you about. <laughs> This you can just do the research yourself. You don't need to be led like to the fucking the cliff and jump off like a lemming like everybody else. I, I think a lot of it, a, a lot of it has to do with that. We in this space talking about <clears throat> independence and our own identity and making our own our money so that we can live life the way we want to live life and don't have to have nobody telling us nothing. But a high percentage of people don't want that. Do you realize that? Do they don't, they don't want that because they were trained not to believe that they can even achieve that though? But everybody can't be a boss out here. That's true. You no, did? that's and, true. Mm-hmm. And there are people that don't want to be a boss. They don't want the responsibility of that headache. Mm-hmm. You you dig? So when we get caught up in that niche, we always have to remember that what we want, we want for everybody. But everybody's not capable of doing what we are capable of doing. Everybody everybody can't be a boss, but everybody could be an owner. 100%. See, that's the difference. It's a big difference. Everybody could be an owner. And so, like, when they get that mentality, it's like, I tell somebody now, if I tell you to buy Apple stock right now, would you do it? And they'll say, oh, yeah, maybe. But if I ask you, yo, would you buy an iPhone next week when it comes out? Oh, no doubt. 100%. You see what I'm saying? But you could have bought 10 shares of Apple. Right. But if you had the owner's mentality, right, instead of being a consumer and being an owner, we teach them, like, yo, ownership versus consumerism. You could have both. Right, but you can't have this and not have this. But these are all concepts that are, are great now. But yeah. remember, we come from 30, 60 years, and they were never taught. And they're never taught at all, ever. And like you, if you start talking at about all. this, ever. Like when you were never saying, like about a bank account in school, like yo, right, you should so go get a bank account. Perfect. I'm glad you said. It. So now it goes back to that word train, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I said this, and we had this conversation, but I'm like. The school system, and we come from that, mm-hmm. was built around the Industrial Revolution, that mm-hmm. model mm-hmm. of going to a building, mm-hmm. p- 
periods, mm-hmm. bell rings. Everybody eats at the same time. Blue collar. That was right. designed for us to have more workers, to have more people have jobs. Mm-hmm. Same thing schools does. Mm-hmm. Schools making sure that we're training to have more employees. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they're not going to teach you financial literacy. Mm-hmm. If we did, mm-hmm. you'd have more entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Who would be working? 100%. And so we have to have a mixture of both. We have to make sure that they Yes. Teaching goes outside of the classroom, number one, yes. mm-hmm. but we also have to make sure that these topics are being talked at home, mm-hmm. they're being watched and consumed, and oh. it's in the music. Right. And so I give a lot of artists, like, in I mean, now, money, man. They're they talking about it. They talking about it. Education run neck and neck. I rather experience than education, actually. I rather it learn. Is, it, that is an education. I, yeah, but you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Education is something they say you need to have. A bachelor's degree, that's education. Yeah. Experience is something that's way better than I think them more, teaching Way more valuable. But, it, it, but that's, they, yeah, that's all institutional, though, because you said it yourself. You said your life consists of 90% of being on social media. And I can just remember 10 years ago being on the computer looking up stuff, trying to find information, because it wasn't the textbook way of doing it. Mm-hmm. It was I was playing around. Yeah. But I was like, this is the information that got me to this point here. Well, that's that's why our, our our platform has become so popular because for a long time people thought education was only through school, right? But education is a variety of different ways. You can get educated through podcasts, you can get educated through YouTube, you get educated through social media. Like this, so the technology has changed the whole entire landscape. You can get educated through music, yeah, everything, know? yeah, everywhere you turn, you can get educated. Education is life, man. Yeah. You wake up so and when you we, learn something. So when we say those those years of like, you know, being, you know, how the, the children were learning institutionally to now, like when I sit there and the other day I was just sitting there chilling, chilling listening to Money Man and I'm like, man, if I'm a high school kid, I'm listening to Money Man talk about LLCs and, and Coinbase and Safe Moon and, and I'm like, this is where, this is how the new education system has got to look. It's got to feel. It's got to go. In, it's got to be infiltrated into the culture where happen. people could. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that, that, that it's something that has to happen. It's a business. It's a business. But it's a business. Uh, yeah. So school is a business. Yeah. Right. Like K through 12 is a business. Private school is a business. Colleges. I, we obviously know it's a big business. And so that machine got to keep running. And that's why. I, so they, of course, that's why they trick you to think you need to have a bachelor's or one of these degrees in order to have a career. And we got. Like, I got one. That's one of the reasons I taught this. The, <laughs> but, the class that I teach is because. Half of that class is, don't have the means to go to college, and the other half don't want to go to college by coming up in the inner city communities. But they get fooled by saying they're not going to be able to have a career. They may be able to get a job when I know that's not right. When we all have career-building opportunities inside of these entertainment business it's, itself. So that, that goes back to what you were saying, right? The, the person who says, I'm not going to college, or I can't afford to go, we got to put value on their life, too. Because right. they could do something great. Right? Like, we went to school... Right, I got a master's, he's got a bachelor's degree. We have those degrees, but we're saying, like, look, you don't have to go that route. You said, hey, y'all are like an encyclopedia for business. I learned more from you guys than I've ever learned. So now imagine a kid who's listening, like, wait, I could, I could actually start this and be a business at 16, and now I could turn that into something. I could do trucking. Wait, I could do real estate. I'm wait, on I you could, with that trucking stuff, too. I could bro. invest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I can invest in the stock market. They're learning these things, mm-hmm. they're going to find. Airbnb tour. There's so many different so businesses many. that like, yo, you weren't talented at that, but that doesn't mean you don't have value. Like a lot of our kids just feel like, all right, if I ain't nice at ball, it's over. If I ain't smart, it's like if I'm not getting straight A's, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Like the middle, though, that that middle tier of student, like that BC student. Oh, that like, was me all the way. That's that, me. And I'm just that, like, that yo, bro, there's like, so much value in those people. Yeah, the good thing about it is, and like for me being an entrepreneur, like I never had a job. 
So you've me, never had a job? No. Nah. Oh, I worked at a camp when I was, you know. Oh, hi, my man. man, I never other, had a job either. Other than yeah. that, I yeah. know. That's what my husband. He's like, I never. Had a job. <laughs> I got him a job. <laughs> he got him a job. I had a job. That's a job. It's like Mayweather said he had no loss in the Olympics. That's a job. That's a loss. Let me stop. Let me stop. They robbed me. No, but yeah. So, wait, but where did you get your work experience then? Um, so I didn't have any work experience. I, so I, I was a, when I was a financial advisor, you know, I pre, I, I started working for an insurance company as a commission job. Mm-hmm. So if you know anything about that, they'll hire anybody because 90% of the people's not going to make it. You come in 24 years old and you work in a commission job selling people life insurance and investing. It's a, almost impossible to make it in that world. And, your, I, and your name is Rashad Below. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, I definitely thought about that when I was naming my kids. And I felt so silly for thinking about that. But I am I I embraced it because it's it's like for me, you know, we face every obstacle. So obviously, you know, I'm black. Like you can't you can't but even if you hear me, if you never see me, my name's Rashad Bilal. So there's no running from that. There's no hiding from that. But to me, that's a blessing because I feel like that just makes me just embrace who I am even more and just double down. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm not, I don't fit in the mold of how y'all want me to fit. Like, this is me. This is who I am as a person. Like, you know what I mean? So it's very important that I was independent from an from a early, early age. I always wanted to be independent. I never wanted to work for anybody. And having that mindset it really changes it because it's like a lot of people be like being an entrepreneur is risky, but all I know is being an entrepreneur. For me, working a job would be risky because it would give me a higher level of anxiety to have to right. work out and answer to somebody and, you know, check out, stuff like that. So they don't talk about the risk of taking out a $250,000 loan to go to school and then you come out and Big your business. job is only paying you thirty eight grand. I mean, that's that's, and that's then, a risk. And then you got to live with your parents till you're 35. That's a risk. Because you, that's, 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 you can't afford to live That's the else. debt slave because how long is it going to take you to pay that back? Yeah, that, that's what I saw alone. I was like, alone? Like, for what? When you, like, when I don't you, even get anything out of this. But girls, like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, that's all I was doing in these schools. Like, I was just just macking on girls. When you don't when you don't have an option of failing, it's a different way you approach things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you know that failing is an option, you're going to fail most of the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, for me, like, even working, I never really looked at it like, what if this doesn't work out? I just looked at it like, I have nothing else to do. So, it got to work out. It got to work or it got to work. What's your approach to to scale, to adding new properties and you know to your business making sure that you don't grow too fast too quick like how do you approach that yeah i think we take one task at a time uh, we, we speak to a lot of entrepreneurs we hear a lot of businesses um and based on the the interviews a lot of times like i can hear how he's asking the questions he has I'm, I'm asking questions we know we're gonna have a conversation after like yo i think we can implement this so like we did that with trucking shout out to our, our guy alex good energy we're like this is something we probably could take on this sounds like a lucrative business i think we can handle it we didn't jump into anything else after that, right? It wasn't until we heard like vending machines. We're like, all right, that sounds like something we could do. And w- while we're looking at these businesses, we know that our time is limited. And so we look out to the people who are around us. Listen, we're going to put you in position to win. Yeah, we want you to run this company for us. You're going to be a partner on this business. So we got a partner in trucking. 
Fender, we got partner, real estate, same thing. So for we clarification, yeah. all your businesses, you don't run them yourselves, right? Nah, no, not on the so day. So you day. invest them. I'm just saying, a lot yeah. of times that's people hard, think that's yo, that's the most hardest thing to do is run a bunch of businesses. No, I'm I know, but a lot of people think in order to be an entrepreneur or a business person, you it's like all oh, your yeah. businesses. Collaboration. Right? You gotta right? do everything yourself. Yeah, collaboration, right? So we have some people that are around us that are experts and super knowledgeable in the area. We know a lot. We're not experts, though, right? We we could lean on our, each other, but like, let's find somebody who's an expert that we can trust to help us with that business. Well, and so know, we do that. We keep going. Right now, y'all are rappers right now. Yo, straight, y'all are rappers right now. Y'all have the influence. Like you said, world leaders, cool, but the influence you have no able audience, to propel yes. any business that you jump into into as long as you have a good partner that know how to scale that like you guys are bona fide you're gonna every that's venture you go into you're gonna find a partner that's gonna see the value in partnering with you knocking down your door just to partner up with you with all type of dumb shit and, right and that's, that's the thing <laughs> right here, take, take my life oh, take, take it take it just take it and do as you may like this definitely like, <laughs> right? here, like here take put it all all, blast, all my money here take yeah. it take it all what's, types of what's some shit. of the stuff when you're interviewing with people that you're like yeah nah that's a bozo like what's, well, what's some of those like so I mean, you got to understand, like, signs, for us, you know. we really changed the conversation for financial literacy, but especially in our community. So nobody really never did anything. So for, to, for them to see us, we got everybody on the financial literacy wave. Every single person wants to do a business and, and invest. So most of the people that we work with is people that we grew up with, our family. So we try to, you know, empower, like, our friends. Like, I, right, we're not really going to just give you money just to do nothing. But if you want to work we're going to give you a blueprint. Now you could become a business partner with us. So like some per the person that runs our merch, um, Sometimes it works out Sometimes it doesn't work out But <laughs> Trial and error I was going to say I was going to ask you about Experience the You got to run up Against that's the wall Before you fact. get it right Bro Yo, Everybody's not meant To do everything Because that's oh, another thing nigga. Sometimes you can empower Delegate, <laughs> delegate yeah. responsibility Is yeah. the hardest job really yeah. That's a yes. fact yeah, And putting, putting people Put In positions the right that, positions that they, For them to that win That right? good at Yes Yes Because yes. otherwise You set them up to fail And you got to read people You got to be like I know what you need to be doing. You exactly. heard like, I do that all day with exactly. the people that surround me. Like, all right, I know where you're going to excel. Like, you come over here and I do agree. this. And right. I, I ain't got to worry about that. Yeah, like, you should not be doing this. At all. Like, who put <laughs> you there? Like, let me move you over here. Like, yo, this is a fact. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's I mean, fact. there's a lot that comes with that, right? Because people, especially when you, you grow up with people, right? They're looking at you like, yo, yo, you my guy. You my man. Exactly. Like, they're not looking at you like, yo, Bro, you're the you general. Up, you realize some of the niggas you grew up with are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, boy, let me just give you a couple dollars every now and then because you ain't going to fuck my business up, man. This is Sit your ass so, down. Somebody chop that up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. You heard? There's no disrespect. I love all money. But some some people that you, it's just, you know, we trying to build the a business people. here. Special people, definitely. There's no favors. I can't, I can't handle no favors when I'm trying to make M's, bro. That shit don't... That shit don't mix. That's a fact. That is a fact. Speaking of M's, right? You guys did this move, and I talked about the creative economy being $110 billion coming this year or next year or whatever, and I see the recent move with UTA, which I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing scale here. <laughs> because when we think about black businesses, you we think about- what UTA is for. Yeah, what oh, is that? Yeah. United Talent Agency. So it's one of the top four, top five talent agencies in Hollywood that represent- you know, personalities, oh, actors, directors. They got agents. They got agents. Last time we seen. Chain. Yo, they got the chain. They got the chain. Who's last? 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 Who's last?
Last time we saw, last time we saw Jim, we was on stage at the Apollo. Oh yeah, we doing shows, sold out, sold out. I sold that thing out. So that's why I'm like, wow, like I see nothing but verticals. You know, and franchises being created. The university, you know, you have Earn Your Leisure podcast. You you know, you got so many different verticals underneath this brand. And then you guys are doing individual stuff in different categories and stuff like that. You got UTA. You got personality. You got chutzpah, as they say. And I'm looking like, oh, the UTA deal? This is going up. And the reason why I say that is because when you look at black businesses, and my whole thing is like, because I was always inspired by, you know, the idea of a corporation, idea of like CEOs and thousands of employees. And you look in the black community, you know, we, we say this, we've said this a lot over our podcast about there being only like a small percentage of black businesses. And usually they only employ like two or three people, you know. But when I think about the, the deals that are being made, look at like, you know, Reese Witherspoon's company be bought out for it. LeBron, 700 yep. million. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm like. That's where that's I feel like that's where you're going. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Sh- Bing bong. Face <laughs> clan. Face clan. Million dollar valuation. Million dollar valuation. Yeah, now you're right on the money. And that's what we look. The good thing about what we're doing is that everything that we're doing is, is making history because it's never been done before. So it's, it's kind of cool because it's like, all right, we get to really just stretch the boundaries of this and see how far we can take it. So financial literacy, nobody thought like, we had one of the most lit activations in our Basel. Shout out to United yeah, Masters was working with us for that. Lying around the corner for Shine. That shit was crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So who would have thought the financial literacy guys to have something lit in Art Basel? Like, you know it's the latest party out there. Yeah. yeah. Humble, so, humbly speaking, I'm glad nah, you said that. I, 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 to all of them. I was out there. I'm glad I went you said to all that. those shits. This shit was all trash. You know what I'm saying? But your shit was popping because it was just like, like I said, everybody in line looked like me. And they were coming for jewels. Yeah. And even when the Cali was there, I was sitting there, I was like, look at all these big motherfuckers taking notes and shit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is what's up. Yeah, nah. You know? so, so that so the UTA is about just expanding the brand and really, you know, taking it to, to limits that nobody's ever taken it. So Hollywood, book deals, TV, you know, fashion, all that kind of stuff. Streaming like, services. Why, why, why <laughs> limit? Who but knows? So even in this new... Digital creators economy, you still feel that you needed to have that type of support? Partnership is extremely important. And I was just talking, shout out to my boy M500, he's here. I was just telling him. Your boy him, who? Him 500. Oh, okay. You yeah. said that so fast. Like, <laughs> you can't shout him out. <laughs> I was just telling him, like, you know, I feel like we all about independence. And we, we are independent. We've been independent from day one. But it's only so far that you can go by yourself. Right. Rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. Even if you look at Nip, he's one of the, you know, people that really people look at as like independent and all that. But Victory Lab, he's, he partnered with a major label right. when he became a superstar. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like for us, we got a lot of corporate relationships and this only helps to go places that we can't necessarily get into right now. Right. And we could, we could be extremely successful just doing everything ourselves. But why not leverage other people that have expertise and relationships that we don't have? But that doesn't take you away from you being independent. That doesn't. That your brand is independent. Well, that's you what know, I'm saying. Yeah, your brand doesn't depend on anything else but your brand to make that money. Mm-hmm. Your brand to make that partnership. Your brand to do. It starts with your brand, and you're not leveraging that to lose control. The only thing you leverage is to gain control. You dig anything you do with a partner. Most likely, you're going to be. It's going to be more in your favor. Then it will ever be in their favor. And if it is, the only favor they would get would be 50, 50 because of how powerful you all are right now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Exactly. their independence is cemented. Like, don't ever forget that because you got a partner. That does not stop you from being 
independent. No, no. for sure, hundred percent. I, I, I see it. I see the next billion dollar media company or a corporation. Oh, these niggas right there. Get easy bank. I see real campuses like big financial college campus, like big campuses with. Dude, like I see a lot of things for these young men, like in, in in coming coming up. Like I think they're going to be a staple in our culture, our hip hop culture, when it comes to knowledge and education, especially for financial literacy. And that is big. Nobody's doing it. Look like at you them guys over there trying to hold the smart. I agree. He said, "I agree. Appreciate that, you brother." Said, you said billion dollar valuation, like so casually, and we had this conversation. Like we literally broke this down, and we were like, "Yo." That doesn't seem like it's impossible. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you're growing up, you think like, yo, who's going to, could I be a billionaire? But like, as you start making money, you, you're educated, you, you create and you keep creating, it becomes very tangible, right? Like a valuation is just based on a, a multiple of oh, what you're making. Exactly. Mm -hmm. this, right? this, this, this is what I'm saying. And they add all that shit up. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Club, clubhouse. Exactly. They yeah. had that billion dollar valuation. They went from 100 million to a billion and just off the fact that they just tapped into culture. Right. That's it. That's it. That's it. You guys are culture. So what do you think you, about that? And you keep adding exactly. that, right? You got logistics. You got a media company. Mm -hmm. You got a podcast network. You got an online school. Mm -hmm. All those things get added. It's a vertical when, business. When you're talking about evaluation. Yeah. And so with, with um, uh, who was it? Face Clan. They had $50 million that they made last year, right? They got a 10X or 20X multiple on that, mm -hmm. which makes them a billion. Exactly. Because they made Because they made 50. And that's you know what, what it wasn't like a, com a combined of all your businesses. They made that fifty. Of course, they gave them that fifty. You made fifty this year. You made fifty. Yeah. Here's where y'all can go. <laughs> <laughs> that's the projection. <laughs> Here's where you're going <laughs> to the moon. To the moon. You, you can leverage <laughs> that. To get yeah. So money to build infrastructure <laughs> yeah. and scale incredibly fast. But we, our community hasn't seen that. No. Right. Like we watched guys in entertainment do it. But imagine when you watch two guys that had iPhones four years ago do it. It's going to hit different. Listen, 2004, uh, a partner of mine, I want to talk about Five Blaze. You know? mm -hmm. At 2004, like off an of idea down, you know, we had just to be able to transfer files. And it's crazy because Quarantine Studios is basically an updated version of that just for, for now. Um, we basically had the utility patent pending to drag a native file from the desktop to a web browser and code it and play it back to you in 50 file formats. Mm -hmm. And we hit Silicon Valley. We raised $5 million. Shout to Eric from Base Ventures, the only black VC in, in, in Silicon Valley that would give us money. Alonzo Mourning, you know, and I was like in my early 20s. So this is like new to me. My CEO is like my mentor. He's the one leading the charge with all his friends, you know, and they're all investing in it. And we that whole process was the, the thing that made me go, well, wow, because before then I was just a guy in the studio, you know, trying to sell beats and stuff like that and try to figure out my way in the music industry. But I had a an idea. I was like, man, if I could just get these big files to A&Rs and then we took it, expanded on that and created a business. But it wasn't then it was it was very foreign for black CEOs to have tech companies like and to get funded. And so we wind up kind of dying on the vibe. And we, we actually exited for 20 million, you know. You know, I didn't. I, I learned about that uh, dilution the hard way. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> didn't know about it. Diluted. You know? So you know, <laughs> <laughs> watered you down. Watered down. Take this. <laughs> Thank you. But, <laughs> but it was all. But it was all Show good because it was. Best. It was a teaching moment to say, "Hey, I, I was a part of something that manifested an idea." To something that was tangible that exited for this amount of money. Yeah. yeah. You know, once I saw that, I was like, it's wide open. 
Yeah. It's open season. If right you could now. do it once, you could do it again. You could do it a hundred times. Yeah. How many people, and the problem is like there was no education for you because nobody has even seen that. Like you got to even explain them what diluted is. We got to explain them what evaluation is. We got to explain them like what it is to build a business and sell a business. We never seen it. Like nobody's no. coming to talk to us about it. No, I, I like I said, I had to learn the hard way. Yeah, you know, because I couldn't even turn to the people around me and ask because I was like, I felt stupid. I was like, I should know this already, you know, and I felt inferior. So it kept me out of asking critical questions, even though these are people that I love. You know, I could have had a better position had I known what I was doing or known the information. You know, fast forward, the Genesis podcast came from the same thing. It was like one side, I feel like an outsider. I was like, I know where my benefit is. I know how I could affect the community. I know there's people out there that have ideas that need to be funded, but they're never going to come across a, a A16Z. They're never going to come across a Sequoia or all these other different VC firms. There needs to be somebody in the middle that understands the potential, like say guys like you, you guys don't, didn't need any funding, but imagine if at the time you came up with this idea to call earn your leisure, somebody was there to be like, yo, here's five mil, here's, here's a million. You know what I'm saying? I want to be a partner in this, you know? And I thought that I couldn't do that because I didn't have the information, but here we go. Technology speeding everything up, access to individuals like you, information online, shit, Investopedia is my best fucking friend. I didn't even uh. know what GP meant or LP or valuation or how to, how to create a valuation. Cap and table. Be, cap table. Oh my God. That was big that's people, right there. <laughs> that's people in Investopedia. Oh, are they? Yeah, 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 yeah. We need to talk because I've spent a lot of time on them. Yeah, I need like, to get shout, a column shout, or something. Shout but but seriously though you know with the information and the ability you know that's here for us today all that's needed is the confidence i feel that's a fact mm -hmm. you know that's a fact and and cause i used to play sports one thing i learned about confidence the more you practice the more confident you become like and same thing with business the more the okay. more experience you get the more knowledge you have, the more confident you are. Like it's like in the classroom. Like if you don't study, teacher ask you a question, you're gonna be mumbling. You're gonna be extremely unconfident. If you know exactly what the question is, and you ask, that shit loud. exactly. You can't wait. So, you're the first person with your hand up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So information. Now information is everything, bro. And I, pr I appreciate that you make it um, relatable and accessible, right? Because one thing, like. Sometimes I'm a little triggered when people say stuff like we we never did we never had this we didn't have it like maybe you didn't right and that's kind of the whole context of this whole design of this set right because me and B talk about it all the time and I'm like we had a Black Wall Street before mm -hmm. we had we have a rich history of entrepreneurs right we have a rich history of business people like we've had rich black people I mean it was a for, for hundreds and hundreds it, it, it of was, years it was a disconnect right? no 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 so I'm not saying because but. It's all true, right? Like there's still pockets of the community that didn't get, didn't have access to those people, right? Didn't have access to that knowledge. And so what I love is that you're making it accessible and relatable because a lot of times the same way going all the way back to learning how to tie a tie and talking about business, right? So in certain families, right? These kids are just sitting at the dinner table or they're in the house and their dads or moms who are business owners and executives are just having these conversations and these kids are just hearing it through osmosis, right? They learned how to tie a tie when they were three years old, four years old, five years old because that was a part of their lifestyle. That mm -hmm. was their culture, right? So now that we have this education, this information that you're providing in a way that's relatable, 
right? Now we can start to have these conversations more frequently in our homes, and our kids could just be sitting there listening to us. Like, you know, me and my husband work together. Our kids sometimes just come into the office. They just come into the studio, and they're just chilling on the couch, and they hear it. They might not get it, but I know when they're older, right, some of that stuff is going to resonate with them, or they'll see how we're doing things. They'll be like... We ain't seen mommy in two days. Mm-hmm. Dad's been at, you know, such and such for 14 hours editing audio. Yeah. Right? Understanding how all this comes together. And then when they finally see the video, like, oh, that's what they were doing. Right? And that, and so we're normalizing that. Yeah, it becomes and an exposure program. It's, you guys are helping to make it part of the culture. You're normalizing. I hate that word, but we're going to use it. Yeah. But we're normalizing it. That's right? And so I think that's really important. I'm super hyped that y'all are here. I'm so glad that, you know, y'all exist. Oh, Jim, Jim said you. everybody could take a stack. That's what he said. I want to appreciate my, uh, say thank you to my guests. Earn your leisure. These guys are kind of dope. They talked to us about a lot of things they had going on. Uh, like I said, this is a podcast where we get all in your business because we are all about business. Um, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. Um, you know how we do this. Same black time, same black channel. See you next time.